Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. <laughs> cool. Shake hands. Shake hands. <laughs> Shake's cock. Ooh, ooh. Should we do that? Should we, yeah? <laughs> Puts on tiger head, fairy costume. <laughs> Notices why, bulge. Why we got to go fairy? <laughs> you started it! <laughs> when? When he started it. <laughs> you started it! <laughs> I didn't start it. just shakes hands. You said uwu and that triggered the, the fairy chat. No, it's because Vinny said shakes hands. It's a cut to fairiness. Because you would have said it in little stars, and that just gets me. <laughs> anyway. Shakes hands, puckers butthole. <laughs> yes, exactly. Ooh, what's this? Exactly. <laughs> ooh, ooh. Exactly. <laughs> right, Vinny, bring us in. DJ, spin that shit. Fucka, 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 fucka. Yo, it's your boy, DJ V-Dog, coming at you live from Coat Studios. Back again with another banger. <laughs> Fulcrum. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've rinsed that one too much. <laughs> I'm here with MC Dilf and Sexual Sebek. I couldn't come up with a better name for you, Seb. <laughs> How are we doing today? Yeah, I'm all right, mate. Pretty good. Um, I actually, MC Dilf is actually not here, despite our very similar appearance. He um he had other commitments uh, tonight, which is non- good for us thing. because, well, you say that I listened to his new shit. He played me some of his new shit the other day. Fucking hell, it was dark. <laughs> Fucking hell, too dark for this. So I'm glad he's not here. But yeah, I'm good. Speaking of dark things, um, I sucked a big no. I accidentally drank bleach this weekend. <laughs> oh. um, I've already told Vinny this story, but um, uh, we hmm? what when when we were pl- we were on the Discord playing games. What be- being mates without me? You do, you're you... on the Discord. You can join at any time. You're also your g- girlfriend wife goes to bed at like. Hey, you have a solid two hours where you're just high at home. You definitely could come on the Discord. Right. For the record, I'm totally normal. For the other record, yeah, but I think I forget. <laughs> so... We'll just send you a message. But anyway, I was on the. I was. I was trying. I, anyway, here's yeah. the story. Here's how I drank bleach. 
<laughs> so <laughs> it's Saturday, right? Wake up. We're having a big house tidy because our house is a bit of a shit state. The flat's a bit messy. And I'm I've been I've been I've been tidying, I've been washing up, I've been, you know, grinding away. And I'm real I've got a real first on. And I see a bottle of water, like a water bottle, like a metal water bottle that Luce uses for work. And I'm like, perfect. Pick it up, it's full. I'm like, great. Take three big glugs. And then I get this like burning taste in my mouth and like and like like kind of some of it comes back up and I'm like and uh, turns out Luce had been sterilising it um, with with like bleach bleach sterilising tablets. You wait, wait, fucking so idiot! Was it full of? You just picked it up and you didn't you didn't put any water in it. You, no, no, it would have been no, diluted it was already anyway. Full. It was already full. It was. It's these like they're called Milton. They're tablets. You do use them to like sterilise babies' bottles, but you're not supposed to drink it. Oh, Milton's all right. That's not like power bleach. Well, it's not. No, That's it's not fine. like. It, it's not like it was like drain unblocker, but it's still. I've no, still got, no. I, I still have a sore throat. Genuinely. Yeah, yeah. It's not great. I wouldn't go around down in Milton, but like you can get a bit on your tongue and probably be all right. But that's fucking great. It, t- it smells nice though. It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't anymore. It tasted rancid. <laughs> mm. um, yeah, wow. Which isn't known to taste good. <laughs> Who knew? Like, did you not yeah. smell it? Because it does fucking stink. I was stuff. really thirsty. Oh, right. <laughs> okay, just, sorry. Just drank a, drank a random bottle of some sort of liquid you saw. The first bottle of liquid you saw, you just straight for it. I'd be so easy to roof it. I wouldn't even notice. Well, <laughs> I three think that's in. the point. Like, I think people don't <laughs> notice. No, but like... I yeah, think that is true. I, I would, like, you, could, you wouldn't even have to roofie me. You could put in, like, something that wasn't invisible. And I'd just be like... And I'd be like... Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, heroin <laughs> anyway yeah should we just get into things yeah you got anything interesting Vinny um did you make <laughs> yeah I went to a Halloween party on Friday down in Plymouth and then I made let's that go getting cut? <laughs> and then <laughs> anyway Vinny been up to anything interesting uh no not much uh just getting, <laughs> okay, in the cool. Hall- just getting in the halloween mood obviously uh peep behind the curtain haven't heard that in a while on the show but um uh obviously we recorded the halloween episode like what two three weeks ago two at this point ago, so now. yeah so now actually it is halloween well it was last night yeah um yeah, yeah get my spook on love it favorite time of the year absolutely love it anyway should we get into things well the DJ has been around since at least the 1930s, where American radio commentator uh, Walter Winchell coined the term disc jockey to describe what um, fellow broadcaster Martin Block would do on the radio, that being just playing popular music over the air. And since then, DJs or disc jockeys have moved from radio to live sets where they play one song after another to a club full of drugged up weirdos. It sounds like an easy job, and it kind of is, not going to lie. But there are many complexities which lie in the high-end level of DJing. So whether you're a bedroom DJ wannabe or playing in front of a festival audience, we're here to tell you who is the very best of the best in that medium today. 
right now. <laughs> he wants to go first. <laughs> Could I go first? Yeah, I'd like Seb to go first, actually. I thought I would you also might, like Seb to go first. Because you think you've got a banger up your sleeve, but the only thing you've got up your mm. sleeve is a fucking ticket for being a nonce. Um, Can I have more than one thing up my sleeve, mate? <laughs> He's big sleeves. You're <laughs> 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 <Just> denying it. <laughs> I'm just saying, you don't know what's up here. You don't know what's up here. Can I just say, though, I'm very glad we're doing the DG episode because I feel like this is the... Um, this is an episode where I can get away with making loud, obnoxious noises, like, whoop, 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 without, without it being sort of out of context and people getting angry at me, so... I mean, it's I'm still really very annoying. Angry at you. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, I don't care. It's on trend. It's on brand. I've got a, uh, I've got a brand deal with uh, com actually, so I have to get a certain amount in to hit my, hit my sponsorship deal, so sorry about that. Well, anyway. Come on, Seb. Um, look, let me start by asking you, and I can't reiterate this enough, a rhetorical question. I will answer it, but carry on. Same. What <laughs> is a DJ? A disc jockey. Sorry, carry on. Someone who like plays <laughs> records, plays songs, mixes, whatever, you know. Yeah, well, contrary to popular belief, I think a lot of people think of a DJ as like a producer, someone who makes music. But for me, a DJ is someone who shares music with an audience. That's what it is. Well, yeah, exactly. What do you mean, what do you mean to you? <laughs> yeah. And to me, and, and to me, and to Craig. We all agree. <laughs> we all agree with you, Seb. Well, that's good news. Because that's going to fit really well with my pick. Great, we all know what we're doing today. <laughs> all right, well, I'll skip the bit where I talk about how they put a playlist together um <laughs> obviously there are a lot of very influential djs for instance john peel i don't know if you've ever heard of john peel but he's a very long-serving bbc radio dj one of the only ones who didn't turn out to be a paedophile um and he gave first plays and first listens to blur pink floyd the sex pistols roxy music david bowie hundreds more and so he's doing that thing you know he's sharing music he's finding something he likes and he's sharing it with an audience but John Peel died in 2004, and I didn't listen to anything he fucking did, so, you know, fuck him. Um, right. No, don't fuck him. <laughs> fuck <a> great... him. It's <laughs> a bit harsh. You just say how good he is, and you're like, fuck him. No, nah, don't fuck him. He was a great guy, but you know what I mean? He's not... I'm not... He's not relevant He's not you, in my yeah. radar. You're not going to pick him. You're not, yeah, you're not going to pick him. I have to say, when I think of DJs, I think of sharing with an audience. I don't really think of radio djs i know they are sharing with an audience but it's not quite the same in fact i think of one man on his decks in front of a crowd of thousands mixing the biggest tunes and the biggest beats into one long fucking musical orgasm and you know not a lot of people know this but i love edm and so i probably think of edm when i think of a dj i know there's other types mm. of djs i know there's hip-hop djs and stuff like that but edm's my jam in fact, mm. I actually kind of grew up listening to EDM. My mum was a bit of a raver, raver, misbehaver, both before and, to be fair, a little bit after she had me. Um, so when I'd go home of a school night, we'd be listening to the likes of Groove Armada, The Chemical Brothers, mm. and D-Light. Um, but there was always one name that was held above all others. 
one name that shone as the golden child of a generation that represented a generation of ravers, the first megastar DJ, a man who could draw crowds of thousands to listen to the big beat genre he helped to popularise. I am, of course, talking about the one, the only, Norman Cook, a.k.a. Fatboy Slim. It's easy now from 2023 to just think of Fatboy Slim as a famous DJ. He's just a famous DJ, right? But he isn't just a famous DJ. He's the famous DJ. He was the guy who started the idea of being a megastar DJ who played big clubs, who played arenas, who played festivals. That was him. And he's the guy who started it all. This is a very brief history of the man who, in my very well-researched opinion, started it all. Um... Now, Fatboy Slim didn't start out as a DJ. He actually started off as a punk. Um, He got really into punk music as like a teenager. And he really liked this idea that you didn't have to actually be good. You you didn't have to play a musical instrument. You didn't have to be good at singing. You could just fucking thrash around, crash around, make some noise, and you could be in a band. And he Mm. was in a band. He was in an indie rock band called The House Martins, who have two quite big hit singles happy hour and an acapella version of caravan of love which are like if you heard them you'd be like oh yeah i know Mm. that song like he was in quite a big band before he was ever fat boy slim um yeah but that they disbanded in 1988 because they all wanted to do different music it was like he always says they never broke up they just they all just left the band on the same day and like they all wanted to do different things and he didn't want to make indie rock anymore. He wanted to make what he called and what everyone at the time called, it's important to remember this is at the time, called black music. In other words, like funky, hip-hop, stuff like that, which white people just didn't make, especially not white boys from Surrey, which is what he was. Um, and there's a really funny interview, which I'll try and remember to link below, where he talks to this French magazine about it. And he's like, look, everyone wanted to make black music. I wanted to make funk and hip hop and jazz because it was really cool, but we were all super white and it felt really weird rapping or making funky beats because we weren't from that culture. Like we didn't have yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And Beastie uh, Boys, because they were like Beastie Boys. They were yeah, like the Beastie Boys 80s are the, rap. They're like the exception. They were from New York, weren't they? They, 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 they were, were from, from New York. They were also punk originally as well. Yeah. I feel that's slightly different because they grew up in that culture. Whereas if you're a kid from Surrey, there Surrey, is no yeah. hip hop culture. True, true, true. To relate to. Um, but that all changed with the advent of digital sampling, and more importantly, that becoming affordable to like the average Joe. Like obviously, digital sampling had been around, but people couldn't afford it. And suddenly, in the early late late eighties, early nineties, you could afford digital sampling. You could afford a computer which you could make samples with. Not very long samples. Like some of them were like you could only have like three seconds, and you just had to make yeah, that work. Yeah. But right, you could yeah. do sampling. Um, and suddenly, you could take a bit of this and a bit of that, and put your own spin on it, and make it a thing, and and play it to other people. And that's what I really love about Fatboy Slim as a DJ is that even the music he produced as a DJ was about sharing music he liked. So it was about finding a breakbeat here and a vocal there that he thought was cool, putting them over the top of each other, maybe adding his own bass line and then letting that out, playing it live. And I think that is, for me, like the purest version of being a DJ. 
is like i found this thing that i like i found another thing that i like i'm mixing them together as a track and then i'm showing it to you i'm sharing this music with you that i really enjoy and that's exactly what he did and he started making these big edm tracks that took the world by storm no one had really done it before he wasn't the only person making big beat but he was one of the pioneers what um what makes big beat big beat by the way it's it's so it's like a very it's that i don't know it's difficult because a lot of it and i can i, I can hear it because it's like prodigy and fat yeah. boy slim and but have you not read you've been all you need to you need to read the big beat manifesto have you not read it recently that's what makes a big beat big, beat big beats the best are the best get high all the time <laughs> That like a more over all encompassing, you know, thing when we came up with that. But yeah, so it's it's difficult because it's a lot of stuff that a lot of people do now in other genres. But it's mostly it's about taking those like break beats from like sixties and seventies, like Northern Soul, and putting a bass line on it and putting a vocals on it. That's like a very specific like okay. that like that like sample heavy. tempo maybe a little very bit. sample yeah, yeah. heavy like northern solely kind of edm um that i guess kind of became like maybe turn into like jungle and stuff like that i feel like with edm the words that are used to describe each subgenre like jungle big room big it just it, it it's not necessarily like a tangible thing you can say this is why this is big it just feels big yeah it feels jungle it feels it feels big. You listen to two tracks and you go, this is a big beat track. This is just a house track. It feels big. What's the difference? You can't really be like, well, the difference is because of blah, 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 blah. This feels bigger. Do you know what I get? Yeah. That's kind of how I feel. And when you listen to it, it feels bigger. The beat feels... And there's no tempo as well. There's no like specific BPM that makes it big beat. It's just... Yeah. But there are there are a lot of subgenres that are defined by that BPM. There are, yeah. Yeah. But I think a lot of it is feeling as well. But I think that is just maybe because you don't have the uh, the word words to de- yeah the words to describe what makes Perhaps. something different. But if you if you were like super into like production, you probably you might have the words to describe it. Bit more of a nerdy answer. But yeah, we'll Fair. we'll talk more about this in the middle game. So don't you worry. Oh, oh no. <laughs> anyway, look. So <laughs> he took this idea of like create taking tracks that he enjoyed and putting them together and making a song and then performing it and he released this single called blame it on the boogie which no called blame it on the baseline which was a remix slash reimagining of blame it on the boogie which is okay. if you again it's one of those ones where if you heard it you'd be like oh yeah i have heard that mm. like but but obviously that he released that as norman cook before he was fat boy slim it was a whole thing but yeah anyway and then and bearing in mind this whole time he's making these mixes and then he's playing them to people he, he that's what he likes to do he likes to make a song that he likes like he takes different bits of different songs that he likes makes it into a track and then performs it as a dj um then he created the group beats international which has made probably my favorite song ever and the song that i would play as i died probably which is dub be good to me i just fucking love that song not to have not familiar taste, but um go on sing it for us it's just really hard because it's very simple, and do the beats got, it's got a big, it's got a really heavy, like, bass line that just goes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Friends, tell me your... Yeah, I just, I just, 
it just hits it's me. a movie song yeah that's a it. movie song i class that as a movie song now really it's been good to me it's in so many fucking movies is it Geezer walking down the street, fucking listen to that. There's the intro plays, everything's all happy, and then like by the end of the movie, like everyone he knows is dead. Fair enough. <laughs> it's that kind of, we that watch kind of different movie movies. song. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, after this, he 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 keeps making groups. He keeps, and then he just realizes like I don't want to make a super group. I don't want to make Beats International. I don't want to like keep creating all these like different things i just want to make my own music via sampling and play that as myself as a dj as my own thing and so he decides he needs a a pseudonym and he creates a pseudonym fatboy slim and he always says he can't remember why he came up with the name fatboy slim anymore because he took too many drugs in the 90s and he just doesn't know he's like i've told so many lies and i've told so many joke answers that i just don't i can't remember why i'm called fatboy slim but it's just funny it just it's quite stuck. cool that that's yeah it's cool that that is why just fucking because just because isn't it just it just sounded cool it's like ksi right ksi's says <laughs> like fucking died inside ksi's name he's like oh it means like knowledge strength integrity no it doesn't it's just a random thing and own it don't then make up some that's what i mean i hate when people like make up some oh i call myself this because the fat in this means this and this means this and it like plays on no it doesn't it's just because you thought it was cool yeah, why is that cool. not enough do you mean like how the other day you said rap means rhythm and poetry? And I was like, no, rap, it's just like rap. Like people just came up with rhythm and poetry afterwards because it sounded cool. Fair enough. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> it could just be cool. <laughs> like I just think if something, if, if something sounds cool, if you, if you made up your name because it's cool, that's just, just own it. Don't then like put some fucking creative, oh, I did this because of this and this. It don't mean that. It's just cool. Well, look, he becomes Fatboy Slim because he thinks it's cool. And he releases the incredible first album, Better Living Through Chemistry, which was massive in the EDM scene and really propelled him forward as like a DJ. He starts getting loads of gigs. He starts getting gigs as Fatboy Slim, becomes this like kind of underground, like up and coming DJ. And then he releases his next album, which is You've Come a Long Way Baby, which has some of his biggest tracks on it. The Rockefeller Skank, Praise You, a bunch of other stuff. Um, And just going back to that interview, and talking about what makes him a cool DJ rather than just someone who makes music, someone who plays music. I've never seen this before. Vinny, this might not be that impressive. I don't know how impressive this is. But he mm-hmm. showed how he made Rockefeller Skank. And first and foremost, I was shocked by how many layers of sampling there was. Like, it's just hundreds and hundreds of different bits of different songs that he liked and he put them together and he's like well if i like that and i like that then them two things being together will sound great and it's just fucking layers and layers and layers and layers of it secondly apparently there's some quite big artists in just rockefeller skank that he sampled that he really expected would take him to court and just never did and he thinks it's because there's so many layers that they just no one quite twigged that they'd been sampled which is quite funny i actually heard about rockefeller skank that he basically didn't make any money from it um, because he had to give so many royalties to so many different artists because he sampled so many different artists. That yeah. he, he never made a single like penny off of it. Yeah, I heard. yeah, I yeah, uh, yeah, I heard that somewhere. That's brutal. <laughs> I didn't know if that was Rockefeller Skank or I thought that was um, the um, 
blame it on the bass line, but it could have been either. There's definitely a song he made which had so many samples that he lost all his money. He went bankrupt Mm. because he had to pay back for all the samples. Um, That's fucking... That's the greatest DJ of all time. (laughs) No, no, it's just He did it for the love, though. Yeah, he did it for the love, for the craft. Like, he loves... And also, like, that's what makes him a DJ. He's not even really a producer. He's just someone who takes music that he likes and turns it into his own thing and then plays it to people. that's that's fine. And so, but what I thought was really cool is that, I don't know if you know Rockefeller Skank, but it's the one that goes like, right about mm, now, yeah, the frog yeah. soul brother, check it. That vocals was never said. He took a piece of spoken word poetry from this guy, cut up all the different syllables, put them onto a MIDI keyboard, and then played this guy's voice like a piano. Yeah, Lord Finesse. It's the coolest thing I've ever yeah, fucking seen in my life. Mm-hmm. And he he remakes Rockefeller Skank, or at least that opening bit. He plays the like, and then this French guy's like, oh, that's very cool. And then he just gets out this MIDI keyboard and he starts just going like, right, 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 right about now. The funk song, and brother. And he's, mm. and he's like playing this guy's voice and like, it's not in order. He didn't ever say the words right about now, the funk song. He's like remixing it, this guy's mm. words it's in like real up, time. Yeah. It's insane. And he does that live. Daft Punk would do a lot of that stuff as well, yeah. Really? Really, really good at... Maybe some of the best samplers I've ever heard in my life is not Daft Punk, for sure. Well, it blew my fucking mind. But I hear what you're saying. We're here to talk about someone who plays music, not makes music. And I, again, (laughs) I would argue that he plays tracks that he likes and he assembles them and then he plays them to people i still think that's part of his djing process i still think that's what makes him such an amazing dj is it was multi-leveled like he not only plays music but he plays music made of other people's music that he likes so it's like double double dj but we want to talk about some fucking banging gigs he's put on sure. what makes him yep. the superstar dj yeah well the most iconic the most well-known is the infamous Brighton Beach Boutique 2. So this was at like the peak of his powers. This is when he's playing to like huge stadiums, huge venues. Like he is the biggest DJ in the world. And Beach Boutique 2 was a bit like, it was supposed to be a bit like Tea in the Park or like Radio 1's Big Weekend. It was like put on by the channel E4. Classic. And he was going to like headline it. And then last minute, E4 pulled out and said, we don't want to do it. But loads of people had already bought tickets and he was like, oh, fuck's sake, this is dumb. So he's like, all right, I'm just going to pay for it and I'll refund everyone's tickets and we'll just do it for free. We'll do the whole thing for free. We'll do this massive festival for free. Really? And that is really cool. And it's very baller. And at this point, he's making a lot of money. Like he's like a multi, multi millionaire. Like he can afford to do that stuff. It did backfire a bit in the sense that they thought that 60,000 people would turn up. And actually, 250,000 people turned up. <laughs> <laughs> and there were so many people that the whole of Brighton ran out of alcohol. Oh, no. <laughs> and oh, there oh, were so many people... Sake. And MDMA. <laughs> yeah, and MDMA. <laughs> and there were so many people on the beach that people had to start pissing in the sea because they couldn't <laughs> get to the front to get to the toilet. 
There were so many people on the beach that the, the weight pushed the sand down. Brighton Beach actually used to go on for well, about the 15 miles and then you all sunk into the ocean. The really scary thing is that the tide started coming in and people were like up to their fucking chests in the water. They couldn't get By out. the end of the gig, there's only 50,000 people. 200,000 people just got swept out. Well, after the event finished, I have to say after, it wasn't Fatboy Slim's fault. And he always, and it's really infamous that the police told him he had to do the gig. So he wakes up, he looks out of his hotel window at like two o'clock in the afternoon because he's fucking fat boy slim. And there's two, there's a quarter of a million people on the beach. And he said, I don't know if we should do this. And the police were like, you've got to do it because they're all here and there'll be a riot if they find out that you're not doing it. Well, yeah. 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 <laughs> It'd be easier to just keep them, keep them cool yeah. in it. Yeah. And after the event finished, there was an issue, which is that the event finished at 11 and the last train back to London left at quarter past 11. So then a quarter right. of a million people were just stranded in Brighton and two people did die. Mm. One of them fell off a balcony, not his fault. And another no. one had a heart attack, not his fault. If you've got, two and a half, two, two, if you've got 250,000 people taking MDMA on a beach, one or two people are going to die. Yeah, I odds. think that's probably quite... Uh, yeah, yeah. For the size of the event, two is not a bad... But... good odds. What I have to say is, and this is kind of where I was going to finish, really. Um, I do have a little bit after this, but it is the coolest gig I've ever seen in my life. The videos of it are, it's the coolest thing I've ever seen. And I'm just going to, I'm going to put it in the general chat and maybe skip forward a little bit just so you can see the size of the crowd because it is, is ridiculous. A few moments later. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh, Jesus, man. There are so many people there. there. Also, there's a great bit of a girl at about 8, 17 getting taken away and she's clearly yeah. off her fucking chops. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> getting taken away? Oh, yeah. She's going in. <laughs> she's off her fucking but tits, I just, mate. When I think about being a DJ, when I think about EDM, when I think about just being off your bonds. Fucking hell. This is what I think of. So many people, man. It's unbelievable. It's big. It's it's enormous. That's what 250,000 people at an event looks like. Gurning their tits off. Gurning their <laughs> yeah. absolute tits off. Um, and look, I will say, just from my own personal experience, I went and saw Fatboy Slim while you guys went and watched Calvin Harris, and I have to say that it was the greatest thing in my entire life, and that Fatboy Slim fired a CO2 cannon in my face, and it was incredible. It was. It was the. I peaked, um, mm. but look, here's you the thing. peaked then. Really? Did you actually peak then? Yeah, my life's been Did downhill you? since. No, I mean at that on that weekend was that the peak? <laughs> no, that was actually Let's after the peak. Let's be honest. No, I know what you're. I know <laughs> yes. what you're aiming at here. But that, was, that was after the peak. That was um, the second peak. <laughs> the one that's slightly not as big as the actual peak. Yeah, well, the actual peak was chemically induced. So you can't blame <laughs> Fatboy for that. Um, and an accident. Just getting the facts out there. <laughs> Look. Yeah, sure. Here's the thing. Fatboy Slim never stopped. He was and still is the premier superstar DJ. He holds the record for the biggest party ever, officially, in the Guinness World Records, which is a, a party he DJed in Brazil. He holds the record for the most top 40 hits under a different name. He also holds a 12% share in Brighton and Hove Albion Football Club. 
And in my opinion, he is the greatest DJ of all time. What was that last bit about owning a share? <laughs> what was that no, going to do with DJ? No, no, he owns a twelve percent share. He owns a twelve percent share because he's a fucking legend. He saved them from bankruptcy. He bailed out Brian and Hove Albion. Mm. What's that got to do with DJing? I mean, well, cool, just a fucking but... Legend. <laughs> he's just a legend. He's just a legend. I'm just saying, like, uh, okay. Oh, okay, I'm just, yeah. like, painting a picture. Jesus Christ, <laughs> mate. Cool. Well, you were very over time, but we'll allow it because you're very passionate about this. And also, it's because we were watching the video. Yeah, I-, I stopped the timer for that, mate. Don't worry. I'm probably going to go to overtime as well. I don't know, but maybe, so we'll see. I'm going to cut as soon as it's 15 minutes. I'm kicking you from the call and then I'm going to crown Fat Boy Slim as the winner. But before we get to that, <laughs> before we get to that, <laughs> I think we've got a little middle game to play. Nice. Yes. I love the middle game. Mm-hmm. And this one's another sound one. Um, I know how much we love those ones. So, like you were saying before, DJing and EDM, you know, EDM is very synonymous with DJing. It's, they kind of go hand in hand, you know, dance music and someone to play the dance music to the many fucked up people on said beach. I fucking love you guys. (laughs) In my opinion, the sort of weirdest part, weirdest aspect of dance music and EDM as a whole is just how many subgenres there are. And... Quite literally, there are at least 200, which is ridiculous to think. That is a lot. And the rules, You've ruined my all... first bit, because I list them all. <laughs> you list all the subgenres. All 200. <laughs> Told you I'll go over time. <laughs> um, anyway, so I've got a bunch of subgenres and okay. h- how we're going to do this is how I think we're going to do this I reckon's best is we go you know you know one person at a time mhm I'll play you a little snippet a 5 second snippet cuz that's all discord allows on the soundboard a 5 second snippet of this particular subgenre you then get you then get to guess what the subgenre is if you get that right on the first thing that's 3 points that's the most points you can get but if you don't, we just move on and you get another hint, which will then be the description of the subgenre. And if you don't, you okay. get, you know, you answer. But if you don't answer right, you get the sorry, last was, hint, which is, a, sorry. I was daydreaming and I missed the first bit. Um, it's fine. We'll, I'll just do it as we go along. So Mork. Yep. Okay. I'm going to play you a sound and then you're going to guess what subgenre of dance music it is. Okay. Ready? Yep. It's a bit slow. It's a bit slower. It's a bit funky. Hmm. Uh, But you said they're 200, so it's just a shot in the dark. There could be names I've never even fucking heard of. (laughs) Have I heard of this? Um, Funk Step. It is not Funk Step. That's not a shit shout. I'll give you another hint. Okay. Um, so the description of this subgenre is as follows. Originated in France in the mid-1990s, characterized by the use of filters, and that's like low-pass and phases and that sort of stuff, samples of funk and disco. I was right with funk. Oh. And there's the sound again. 
you know what? You saying French as well. I feel like I should know this because I feel like Ben would have been like, or do you know when he was like obsessed with France? I feel like he'd have been like, oh, you fucking dance music shit, mate. You need to listen to this French subgenre of dance music. And he probably, it would have probably been this, but I can't, I couldn't access the repressed Le memories funk. of that. <laughs> yeah, Le Funk. Another guess. Um, uh, disco Funk. It's not Disco Funk. <laughs> Okay. Right, your last your last hints is that I give you three subgenres and it's one of them. By the way, all the subgenres that I give in this thing, they're all real subgenres. They are all okay. real, real ones. Can I write down on my notes what I think it is? I don't want to point. I just think I know what it is. Go for but it. I don't want it to seem like I'm cheating. So the choices are French House, Future Funk, or New Disco. Oh, I didn't say any of them. <laughs> new disco, I reckon. New disco. It was French house. It was French house. French house for fuck's sake! It sounds nothing <laughs> like house. It's mate. That that is house. Hundred percent. I guess so. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. The, this is what I was saying earlier about all these subgenres being very similar to one The thing is, is you say it's like another. house, but you can just pick a song and be like, "Oh yeah, that's house music," and you like it, and it sounds totally different to that because it's not actually house music. It's like subverted it's a form of house house it's yeah, like a sub so it's like a subgenre of house yeah. yeah there's like a ridiculous amounts of subgenres of house Damn. like especially uh okay unfortunately still no zero points, points for me you. fine yeah, i should be writing this one down can you not remember zero <laughs> <laughs> just just get it written down for now um sebek yes i'm gonna play you a, play you a little snippet and you have to guess what subgenre it is <laughs> that's a banger link me that one (laughs) i want to say it sounds like um it sounds like that artist shammy i don't think it is but do you remember they they did that yeah yeah um there's a song by called overdrive by shammy Mm. anyway I'm going to say, like, Deep House. It is not Deep House. So, the description is characterized by half-time syncopated and sparse beats set around 140 beats a minute with heavy sub-basses. It emerged in South London in the early 2000s. Oh, um, drum and bass? It's not drum and bass. You get to choose from... These three choices. Rhythm, dubstep, or grime. Oh, oh it was a cla- it's gotta be one of the classics then. Um That wob 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 it sounds dubstepy, but is it like early dubstep? Or it could just be grime. Cause like dubstep I think of like wob wob I'm gonna say dubstep. No, no, I'm not, because Dubstep didn't come out of London, did it? No, surely not. I'm going to say Grime. Going to go for Grime? Hmm. It was Dubstep. Yes, I knew it was Dubstep! Yeah. London Dubstep, that is early Dubstep, yeah. Basically, the Dubstep you think of, which is like Skrillex, like, wah, 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 that's actually called Bro Step, and it's kind of a different thing that spawned from Dubstep. But that is pro- that is proper dubstep. That's, That's proper stuff. dubstep. Yep. Yeah. 
the, the only good kind I know. <laughs> um, Mork. Yes. I'm going to play you a song. I'll play mm. it again. Reasonably fast BPM. So I'm already thinking drum and bass, bass line, that kind of thing. But sounds a little bit trancey. So I'm going to mix the two. I'm going to go trance line. <laughs> trance line is not a real subgenre, unfortunately. I thought you were going to go for trance step, which I found out yesterday is a real subgenre. Uh, well, there you go. <laughs> I wasn't that far off then. But no, I think it's what not. This game, what this game shows is that it doesn't matter how much you know about music. With EDM, you don't know fuck all because there's so much shit. Like, it just doesn't yeah. matter. You can be the world's biggest music genius. You're never going to get these right because there's so much stuff going on. It's only if you're, like, into, like, really into EDM, you'll know all the ins and outs of all these different subgenres. Mm. But anyway. Give me the clues. Emerged through the development of electronic dance music idioms into a less club orientated and more experimental direction often incorporating unconventional sound design and complex rhythms. I mean, that's pretty helpful. <laughs> <laughs> Too fair. Uh, if, if, you, if you get this, I would be shocked. <laughs> well, I might get it on the next one. I'm, I don't know. Give me the okay. next clue. I'm okay, just going to okay, get okay. the next clue because okay. I fucking don't know. All right, so it's either Indie-tronica. Fuck off. Intelligent dance music or Acid House. Right. I don't, I don't think it's Acid House, because I know Acid House, and it doesn't sound like it to me. I'm going to go with the first one, the Tronica one. Indie Tronica? I think so, maybe. I would have said, I would have said Intelligent Dance Music. Seb would have been right, it's IDM, Fuck. Intelligent Dance Music, which is well, probably I'm the worst name I'm... for any yeah, fucking genre music ever. Name. Yeah, that's a even, shit name, um, but I'm glad I recognised that it wasn't something. That's something. Yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah, that's yeah, something. Yeah. Acid House so. <laughs> is very, like, squelchy. It's like all yeah, like, yeah, squelchy yeah. synth noises, yeah. It's acidic. It sounds like it fucking... But that doesn't sound like in- intelligence. That's a shit <laughs> <name>. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny, because the, the person who... That song is, that song is uh, f- uh, from Aphex Twin, and he's, like, sort of the most well-known IDM producer, and even he's, like... Te- like IDM is a fucking terrible name for it. Why did people choose that? Like, he's yeah. like such a up your own ass. Such name a shit for name. It. Yeah. It's also funny enough because it's it's called intelligent dance music, but I wouldn't even really call it dance music because you can't fucking dance to IDM. It's impossible. Yeah. It's too scatty. It's not anyway. Enough. Yeah, yeah. So Yes. Here's your sound. <laughs> Fuck right off. Oh, fucking um, yes. Classic. I can already picture the bold guy's face. Like, you know that you know the fella I'm talking about, right? Is that you know that... the guy I'm on about? That's like... The legs moving. I mean, that's like Euro House. It is not. Fast-paced and energetic, often in the 160 to 220 BPM range. 220, fucking hell. With a hallmark of a distinctive, distorted kick sound. Drum and bass. No, not drum and bass. Although the BPM's sort of similar. Mm. It's kind of the same sort of range. 
Um, okay, so it's either happy hardcore, hardstyle, or gabber. It's either hardstyle or happy hardcore. I'm going to say happy hardcore because I know I've heard of it. It's Gabba. It's Gabba, <laughs> mate! Yes! It's like, Gabba! Sam's well. <laughs> got the easy one. Fucking Gabba, mate! <laughs> I don't know any of this. <laughs> <laughs> Gabba's mad. Yeah, I was, I was thinking you guys yeah. probably wouldn't get any points, but let's see if you get any points from here on out. I reckon <laughs> I'd, have had, I'd have had two points now, because I would have known both of them. Mork. Mm. Oh, okay. I know what that is. It's very garagey. It's very London. Oddly, journal. But I can't think what it would be called. Give me the next clue. I think the next clue might. I'm going to the next clue. Developed in the early 1990s from breakbeat hardcore, featuring rapid, chaotic-sounding breakbeats and strong bass lines, known as the forerunner of most drum and bass styles. The forerunner of I most drum and bass styles. I know what I even styles. know who that is. Give me the next one, because I don't know. I haven't got a name in my head, so give me this the is, next one. This is so funny. If I stopped you two around, you would have actually been getting loads of points. But... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> give me the next clue, because I'll get it from this, I think. Either breakbeat, jungle, or breakcore. Well, my first instinct was it's like, yeah, jungly. That kind of... I'm just going to say jungle. I'm just going to say it's jungle. I'm just going to go basic. It's jungle. It's jungle. You got one yeah. point on the board. Nice. I was trying to overcomplicate it, but it's, yeah, it's just simple. So back. Yep. Now that definitely has the name. The, it should at least have the word "big" in it. Feels big. <laughs> it's like big. I can imagine like a Vici kind of going like. Can you play it again? That's a sweet tune, though. Um. Do you know it? Do you know the tune? No, but no, no. That's my kind you of just tune. You like, like it, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big house. Big house. It's not big house. So, very energetic, festival-focused EDM genre characterized by heavily reverberated sound, trance-inspired breakdowns, intense build-ups, four-on-the-floor beat-focused on a strong kick and simple minimalistic drop melodies. It's like, it's just like, that's just like festival dance music. And I don't even know what it's called. It's just like, you know, with Martin Garrix and you're off your chops. That's what he'll play. Like, I, don't, I don't know what yeah. it's called. But classic. Like, it's just classic festival music. Bangers. C, classic fest, CFM. I'm just going to call it CFM. <laughs> it's not CFM. <laughs> okay, so it's either Deep House electro house or big room house oh, oh, not much to go deep on. Or big room hang on can i just say if it's big room house and i said big house and i didn't get it that's outrageous maybe it's definitely not what's that your one. answer 
Just for, I hope you haven't done that to me, I'm going to say Deep House. It's not Deep House, it's Big Room House. <laughs> I said Big House! I said Big House! That's outrageous! Yeah, but you don't know that That's Big House is in his own genre. And then Big House isn't thing. real. Big House isn't real. I don't know what Big House that, is. That's an absolute robbery. I said Big House. I said that was the first thing I said. I said, that sounds like Big House. And you said no, because I didn't say Big Room House. You didn't get it, man. Yeah, but Big sorry, House might sorry. be its own genre. It's not. Vinny just said it's not. Well, he, he should have started out and said it was. I was just, I was just, I was just fucking. Oh, mate, that is <laughs> that is a fucking. Robbery. I'm sorry, I couldn't get. I was tempted to, but I, I can't. It's not. I'm sorry, it's not correct. I, I couldn't, I couldn't give it to you. But that is, that is really unfortunate. That is unfortunate. <laughs> but like, I'm, I'm sorry. I it got it wrong. Right. I said you big got it house, wrong, man. You got it two thirds right. I'm sorry, I couldn't give it to you. I should get two thirds of a point. Okay, you get two thirds of a point. You get okay. Fuck it. You get two thirds of a point just for that. Just for that, you get two thirds of a point. I'll write a little Thank two you. out of three for you. So, <laughs> still, you're one third away from Mork. One third of a point away from Mork. <laughs> this is like the Slim worst lead. quiz of all time, <laughs> or the worst quiz of all time. <laughs> no, I'm actually enjoying it. That's the weird thing. I, I... yeah, I like it. Mork. Mate, I can smell that lyric that then. Jesus. Yeah, that lyric then. I was just like, it feels yeah, it feels dirty. It feels bassliney, but it's not as fast. Give me the next clue because I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't have a name. Highly beat driven, repetitive, and mechanical, typically featuring minimal chords variation and melodies. Focuses on rhythms and timbral var- variety. Timbral variety. Tim- Is that like tombra? Tomba, maybe. Generally produced for club environments. Hmm. See, I feel like I know what that is. Give me the last one. I'll get it with. I'll get it with the multiple choice. Okay. Is it techno, trance, or hard tech? Hard tech. I was going to say techno. It's techno. <laughs> What? <laughs> it's techno. It sounds too new school to be techno. Are you joking? That sounds old as fuck. It sounded it sounded like experimental to me. It sounded too experimental to be techno. Fuck, I'll fuck that. That's that's like pretty pure techno, I'd say. Damn. I don't know anything. I fucked that so hard. Sebek. Yes. <laughs> You've got to send me these tracks. You've got to send me these songs. That is that is absolutely disgusting. That is filthy. I'll send you. I'll send you the link to like most of these I got from this video. That's just like twenty minutes. That's just hundred and twenty subgenres of EDM, and it just goes through an alphabetical of like all of the subgenres. Yeah, yeah. I don't actually need to hear it again because I don't know what it is. But can you just play it again just for the yeah. <laughs> Mate, that is um, so good. I'm that gonna say lovely. that's break core. 
I don't think you know what breakcore is. Um, no, I don't. What do you mean you don't think I know? I definitely don't know. I'm making it up. I actually quite like breakcore. I listen to it quite a lot. Um, well, it's real. Except that even though it was a real thing. Yeah, I'm just saying things as like a... Um, broad form of electronic dance music characterized by prominent bass slash sub basses. A deep, dark, airy and mechanical sound derived from dubstep... An eclectic production, eclectic production influenced by UK funky, which is a great name. Duke slash Footwork, another great name. Techno and Breakbeat. Is it wow. ghetto funk? It's not ghetto funk, but that is a real subgenre. I know it is. Fantastic. Because <laughs> there was a ghetto <laughs> funk tent at the last. Slam two words in. together, and then. You've got Pretty a much, you've got a yeah. subgenre of EDM. Is it uh, spicy gank? <laughs> no, unfortunately not. Um, Toasty so, whip it. Is it baseline, bass house, or UK bass? I mean, all real you said you, by the way. you said UK in in your little spiel, so I'd be an idiot not to go for UK bass. And he's taking it. <laughs> Fuck! Uh, well played, well played, Sebek. Mate. You got 1.6 recurring points. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. Fuck up, fuck up, fuck up, fuck up. It's you now, Mark. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right, thanks. Oh, straight away. So, <laughs> as we've probably established for this show, I love dance music. House, drum and bass, bass line, jump up, big room house. The list goes on and on, 200 apparently. And I was always quite fond of Sick Beats, but it was actually our very own V-Dog who really ignited my love for this kind of music. It was something that he really got into, and then, of course, it was something that I really got into. And if it's got a fat with a PH fucking bass line, I'm all over it. And all of these genres of music are created by DJs, and I've seen many and most of the big ones on that famous Creamfield trip we all went together on. That we, we should do that again. About. I would love to go again. We're definitely going to do that again. And initially, I was like, right, should I just pick one of my favourite DJs? One of my, one of my personal faves, like Kashmir, Martin Garrix, Diplo, Dimitri Vegas, like Mike. But although these lot are fucking sick, and I do love them, I couldn't really make much of an argument to say that any other definitive goat, they're not really goat worthy, even though I like them. So then I thought, oh, maybe I'll just go, like, basic bitch mode. I'll just pick a big hitter. Armin Van Buren, Tiesto, one of the classics. Someone that literally everyone agrees is a goat. But, again, it felt basic. It didn't really satisfy me. Then, I had a little bit of a brainwave in the shower. Somewhere between my second and third wank. Dance is not the only genre of music that uses decks and a DJ. And although many people listening to this might not believe me, despite the disgusting mess of mumble rappers and trap beats that it has become, hip-hop and DJing used to be married. They were inseparable through the 70s to the 90s. Every rapper had a fucking DJ, and they would be absolutely essential Spinning records, creating beats, they created the flow of the music 
they were the rhythm to the rapper's poetry. Funk Master Flex. Funk Master J. I mean, no, especially Jack. I was getting so fucking confused writing these names down as well. I was like, I was missing Funk and Flex. Funk Master Flex, Jam Master J, DJ Premier, the literal inventor of hip-hop, DJ Cool Herc, Marley Marl, you've got fucking Africa Africa Bombata, DJ Clue, the list is endless. Back in the day, hip-hop parties would involve a prestigious DJ spinning records and a guy rapping over the top. So after this realisation that DJ was more cool and pure back in the day, I needed to pick an answer. And it was pretty easy peasy. In my eyes, there is only one grand champion. One grand daddy of a DJ. There really is only one Grandmaster Flash. Flash grew up in the Bronx, New York, the birthplace of hip-hop. He fixed electronic equipment at school and he would attend DJ parties afterwards where he would be introduced to the decks. Now, DJing at this time in the 70s was putting a physical record on a record player and letting it play. There were some innovations and early things that were kind of happening, but... In Flash's words, when mixing and rewinding records, all the DJs used to focus on was the tone arm. So the tone arm is the little stick that makes the record play. And when they're trying to, you know, DJ and play the next record, they just pick the tone arm up and move it across the record or put Mm. it backwards so that the record will then play again. Because what they want to create is like a soundscape. They want to not play a whole song. They want to mix the song together with another song. They might have two records playing at the same time. And all they would focus on was the tone arm, moving the tone arm around to create a different sound. And they would just only play like 10 second clips over and over. But Flash, he was like, nah, this is shit. This is fucking, this is rubbish. There's no, it sounds like shit. The needle's fucking jumping in the record. This is crap. So one day, he put his finger on the record and the record stopped. And he was like, oh. And then he let go of it. And the record played. And then he put his finger on it again. And it stopped. And then in his own words, as he was stopping, starting, stopping, starting, he realised, I am in control of the record. He had the beat. He could time the beat to anything he wanted. He could control the record he could control the music finally i can i can play whatever i want to play i can mix the, i can do this however i want i don't have to move the turn around i am the record now i am actually playing the instrument of the decks not just the decks playing the song and so it wasn't popular at the time to touch the record some people right. had done it but it was massively taboo you should not touch the record you should not do it but he thought this is the only way and it was popular at the time as well to have the same drum beats playing over and over again. So what people liked was very, very repetitive music. This is very early hip-hop DJ stuff in the 70s. They wanted really repetitive beat. They wanted the same thing over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And DJ Cool Herc 
would have two of the same records on the turntable at the same time. And when one break would finish on one, so finish, then he would already have the other one with the tone arm on the right bit and switch them to let them play. Then he'd move the tone arm on the first record back to where it should go. And then he'd switch them to let them play so that the exact same drum beat would play continuously because he's got two of the same songs mm. on the turntable. But then Grandmaster Flash took this idea and he combined it with what he had been experimenting with touching the record. And I genuinely mean this. This is not an exaggeration. Genuinely, by doing this, he changed music forever. Because mm. what he would do is he would use his finger... And he would spin one record backwards. That sound. Grandmaster Flash, he invented that. And he'd get it to the bit they wanted. He'd draw a little crayon mark on the record to the break. And then he'd let it go. And it would start. And then as that one was playing, he'd the other one. And then he'd switch between the two. Switch. 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 And the song would just continue playing seamlessly, endlessly, without moving the tone arm perfectly, creating infinite music. That drum beat would go on infinitely because he had control of the record. And what he invented was something called the quick mix theory. And this is the every single DJ you have ever seen spin a turntable backwards, put their hand on a, you know, when you go to fucking house party, it doesn't matter. You could be the shittest DJ in the world or never have touched a deck in your life. What's the first thing you do? You go up to the turntable and you put your finger on it and you spin it. Every single DJ in the world that does that is technically using the quick mix theory to mix two records together. Spinning it backwards, pressing play, moving it along. Spinning the next one backwards, switching along, moving it. That is the quick mix theory. And that is what Grandmaster Flash fucking invented. Shit. Which is insane. It's most, it's most definitely the biggest innovation in hip-hop in DJ history. I'm sorry, it doesn't matter. That is the biggest innovation in hi- DJ and hip-hop history. That's like the guy inventing the guitar, and then but just playing it without putting his finger on the fretboard, and then someone goes on and goes, oh, you know what? We could just put our fingers on the fretboard and make different, su- make different tunes. It just changes the game forever. Honestly, it is. You only play those six notes, and it's almost like, wait a minute. <laughs> if you put your hoagies on this how- bit... <laughs> that's how I can equate it to and without this piece of brilliance we would never ever have what we got now and I don't mean this in a disrespectful Fat Boy Slim would not be at a DJ if Grandmaster Flash hadn't invented the quick mix theory and it's also epic when you just remember that this was done at a time where he was doing this on actual vinyl records this is not like an electronic thing he's actually scratching he's actually rewinding back a record to let it play again and that's just so fucking cool and raw it shows you how like pioneering it was for back in the day. It's massive. Uh, he also perfected scratching. I thought I'd just <laughs> drop that in there like a little... It's a throwaway line, but let's be real, it's a fucking massive throwaway line to perfect the art of... The art of <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty big innovation as well. Um, I, do, I do love a... Everybody, that they... They all love it. And in fact, like Seb, you were showing me uh, like JFB, like the world freestyle DJ. What does he do? Mm. He spins the records back. He fricker frickers. He's doing Grandmaster Flash's shit, basically. Um, Flash didn't exactly... He didn't invent scratching. Grand Wizard Theodore is credited as the inventor of scratching, which is definitely the coolest name in hip-hop history, Grand Wizard Theodore. <laughs> Doesn't he spell it with two Zs, though? <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> but it's still fucking cool. Yeah, it's it's it sounds a little bit clan clanny, but <laughs> It does sound clanny. I thought it it's not clanny. I know it's not. I know it's not. This was like the humble days of hip-hop where people, like the Sugar Hill Gang and shit like that. It was cool, man. Um, but he, he basically, he's credited as the inventor of scratching, but Flash perfected it and he made it viable to actually use properly and made it part of a set. Like a, right. he, Rather than just going like, oh shit, that kind of scratches the record. He made it viable and, and way more technical shit than I could actually understand. Mm-hmm. So, Flash has probably the biggest and greatest innovations in the history of DJing. There would be no DJing today without this man. And that's fucking goat-worthy for a start. But, as an actual artist, like, what was he like? Yeah, he did that shit, but did he just stop there? No. He is the founder of the hip-hop group Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. This group released a seven-minute track in 1981 called The Adventures of Grandmaster Flash on the Wheels of Steel. And this is a seven-minute instrumental track only using Flash and his decks. So it's only him rewinding, mixing, doing whatever, scratching. It's only the decks mm. that are being recorded on this track. There's nothing else. No live vocals, nothing. And this was the first ever commercially released record to feature music that only required a set of DJ decks. That's right. Every Martin Garrix song that you've ever heard that uses only DJ decks, every single DJ song ever, Grandmaster Flash did it first. He was the first ever person to release a commercial record using only the decks. Wow. Which is pretty fucking big stuff. But the group actually topped this feat the year later when they released this little ditty. You've probably never heard of it. Um... It's called The Message. I don't know. Never heard of it. Because I'm close to the edge. Never heard of that song. Of course you have. It's one of the biggest songs of in fucking history. The Message is one of the biggest songs in history. And it's one of the most influential songs of all time. The Message is, without a doubt, amazing. And it, what is it about? It's a message. It's about life in the Bronx and hard times and what it means to grow up there. And this is a theme that since then has been repeated in all of hip-hop history over and over and over again. Every single rapper and MC since has rapped about a struggle, where they grew up, getting out all that anger, spreading the message. <laughs> this was the first... <laughs> no, what? no, no, I'm not. <laughs> it was not the first no. person to, to, to make a song about how hard his life is. That's not at all true. No, he wasn't. No, he that wasn't. Was no, he blues. wasn't. But, no, but it's widely credited as making that a norm of hip-hop because hip-hop back then was a little bit funky. Party. It was a little bit, you know, it was, it was all party wasn't serious. Music. It was exactly. Music, yeah. This was a track that came out really laid down the bare bones they kind of they took a big risk talking about that kind of stuff on a record they were releasing on radio Mm. um and it's noted as the tipping point for rappers and mcs because it put them to the forefront of hip-hop and actually put the djs slightly to the back it really sparked the revolution of rappers being the stars and the message has been featured highly, very highly, you know, top one to five on every single fucking insert number here, songs of all time, greatest hip-hop songs of all time, whatever. So he pushed rappers to the front and he sparked rap music forever as we know it. 
like the influence of this man is incredible. What this man has done just ripples through history, ripples through music. Without this guy doing all of this stuff at a pivotal time, we wouldn't have DJing and we wouldn't have hip-hop as we know it today. That's not an opinion, it's a fact. He is the pioneer of these things. And this year, Pioneer DJ USA, probably the biggest DJ company in the world, celebrated 50 years of hip-hop with a very special gig. And this is how I want to end it. This is exactly how they introduced this gig. Mm -hmm. They said, Ladies and gentlemen, if you have put your hands on a turntable, if you have rapped along with a hip-hop record, we have done these things, if you have participated in any way in the last 50 years with hip-hop culture, we've done that, (laughs) I think you owe just a little bit of gratitude to the man coming on stage. Please make some noise. The godfather of hip-hop, creator of the quick mix theory, and soon-to-be-announced GOAT DJ by the GOATS podcast, Grandmaster Flash! They said that. They said that last time. And that's it. Yep. I don't believe that. (laughs) Soon-to-be-announced greatest DJ on the GOATS podcast. Hmm. Okay, maybe I did put that bit in, but they said all the other shit. Okay, sure. sure. They did say all the other stuff. But that's it. I think Grandmaster Flash is the greatest DJ of all time. We wouldn't have DJ without Grandmaster Flash. He can't be beat. Wow, you were just on time as well. Perfect. Fucking perfect. Just like Grandmaster Flash. He's not that passionate about it. Yeah, but I did dock you um, half half your points for being uh, 30 seconds over time, Simic, so... <laughs> do we, we do points? We can, if, yeah, it'd be great if we actually if we kept score with all these points. Like, ah, oh, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. This presentation, yeah. Four out of five for <laughs> speaking. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I do love White Lines by Grandmaster Flash. Fucking tune. White Lines... Yeah, he's a great guy. Loves his white lines. Just like uh, Clapton. Probably not anymore. He is getting on a bit. I mean, hip-hop's 50 years old. He fucking basically half invented it. So (laughs) he's getting on a bit, Mr. Flash. But he still DJs to this day. He did a live stream. He did a Halloween DJ live stream on YouTube last night. Wow. He's still going. Yep. He's still going. Does he still do the exact same thing he used to? Or is it like he uses the new, newer technology? Because He doesn't doing use vinyl records anymore. Yeah. Yeah, he uses newer technology now. But yeah. he's still using the quick mix theory. That's like a... That's not a thing you get away from just because you're not using vinyls. The quick mix theory is the fundamentals of mixing and live DJing. It's the basic bare bones. Without it, you don't have live DJing. Right, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. What an inspiration. What an influence. I love him. What a DJ. Yeah. Shit. Did he do much else after um, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five? So I never really Not heard really. of anything Not... past that. Yeah, you can't really top that, can you? I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> he just kind of, he didn't go like super main, you know, he just stayed to what he did. He just, he just DJed his whole life, basically, I think. Right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, I'm not going to lie. It's a pretty tough choice um, between the two of them. I think both of them 
have a lot of merit to be called the greatest DJ of all time. Although, I mean, the both of you did do this, um, where you kind of talked about his their your respective uh, picks production and claimed that was part of their DJing skills, which it, it's I'm sorry, but it's not. Well, I didn't. Well, you know the message. Yeah, yeah, but that's a side. I mean, note. I mean, fair enough. The message is a huge song. Fair enough, but yeah, like, and the same thing. Like Rockefeller is a massive banger for sure, but like it's not really DJ. Well, my argument, my argument for the DJing aspect of that is that he is DJing is about sharing music. But I, I don't buy that. Took samples that he liked and shared it as a song. I don't buy that personally. I think it's, DJing. I guess is... it is still producing in a in a. If you don't buy that, that's absolutely chill. That's just my way of looking at it. No harm, no foul. Yeah, goddamn. Fuck yeah. Shit. Crack. Stop beating around the bush. Crack cocaine. (laughs) I love beating around the bush. You know me. Um, Well, you did did it seven times on the weekend. (laughs) (laughs) That's days. (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's good that's too good to get rid of that stays i'm not writing the time that's down for so that stays. one <laughs> but yeah 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 yeah. i do wonder how much of um fat boy slim's success uh early fame and early success and him being the superstar dj was due to the fact that his songs were just super super big and had loads and loads of radio play and everyone fucking loved them because they are bangers to be fair um i do wonder how much of that is because not of the you know purely djing in my opinion purely djing point but the more you know producing point the sampling producing point yeah i think there's definitely something to that i think it's difficult because obviously also the like a lot of the he he got a lot from like remixing songs like there's that famous like wild child like back once again for the renegade master like that mm. was he he and he, he it's that. difficult because it, so he remixed it so when you listen to it it's the same as like that spoken word poet thing like that song doesn't sound like that when it's the the original is just someone going like back once again or something like that and then he yeah, made it right, was like yeah, yeah. back 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 once again for the renegade master and he oh, did wow. that live once i'm sure and then was like oh i should turn that into a song like he got a lot of his inspiration from like playing a song and then remixing it in real time and like scratching it and making it go like back 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 once again for the renegade master Mm. d d d for damager about to the people but like it's difficult to quantify that because like you don't know how much he came up with on the fly and how much he came up with in the studio. It's difficult, mm. isn't it? I guess a lot of that... I always think that with DJs as well. This is not anything to do with Fatboy Slim or, or Grandma Savage, but like DJing is a bit like being a freestyle hip-hop artist in that you make out like you're doing it all in the moment, but you have all these ideas in your head already. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and you're like coming up with it. And I think like... Uh, there's a really, really interesting video, actually. I'd really recommend everyone watch it, which is, I don't know if you know the YouTuber Cody Co, but he was like, yeah. I'm going to try and become a DJ. And he's really f- good friends with that guy who did, um... oh, shit. I can't think of his name. His friends were quite a big DJ. Right. And he came to the conclusion that like, he was like, DJing now with all the technology is about as hard or as easy as you want to make it. He was like, you can yeah. on the fly come up with this crazy mix and do all this really hard stuff or you can just press play on an iPod and just sit there going like this 
and yeah it's as you know which is you know it's difficult and that, that i think that comes that's in to be fair there is a bit of that with fat boy slim is like how much of it is stuff that he made and how much of his stuff that he's doing in the moment it's difficult to know hmm being an okay dj is really easy it really isn't difficult at all as long as you just have a basic knowledge of what you're doing and know good songs and can put together you know a playlist of similar songs that you like and are good songs yeah it's and as long as you use the techniques that grandmaster flash literally invented to mix two songs together but yeah then you have grandmaster flash who (laughs) yeah (laughs) pioneered (laughs) a lot of those techniques that every dj uses and hip-hop is founded upon and i mean if you listen to like old hip-hop the amount of scratching that's used and you don't really get any more it's kind of a lost art i feel in hip-hop scratching yeah it is a little Um, bit unfortunately i mean although hip-hop djs still use it a lot that's kind of their go-to to to, like transition is do a little scratch then transition but um i mean scratching was in fucking basically almost every hip-hop song for like the first Mm. 20 30 years of hip-hop more or less and I think Grandmaster Flash is a very big part of why that is. And and so just in terms of uh, his influence, and this is, I think, objective influence, I think I'm going to mm. have to award the greatest DJ of all time to Mr. Grandmaster Flash. Do you know what? Fair enough. Fatboy Slim was a great shout. It was a great shout. It was a great shout. It was a very good shout, actually. I loved hearing about it. It was a very good shout. That party, that like Brighton Beach party. That is mad. Fucking wild. Holy shit. And also, he did all of that was on vinyl. You can see him in the background. There's a crazy video of like, it zooms out and there's like 250,000 people. Just imagine the pressure of flicking through your record collection Mm. while 250,000 people are watching you. Yeah, I don't get how people even vinyl DJ to this day, and they'd like they they'll choose to do it over it is mad. doing the like it's you're just making it harder for yourself for basically almost no reason other than just to I guess kind of show off maybe I don't know or I don't know but it. I watched a really funny interview with Annie Mac and Fatboy Slim, oh, yeah. and she's going through all his records, like his old records, because he does everything like digital now. Yeah, and she she takes she goes on a studio tour of his old studio, like his current studio, and she's like rifling through all the records, like the big decks that he used to take when he was on stage, and she pulls one out, and it has a label at the top, and it says like the BPM, it's like 155 BPM, and then it says, "Good for parties, not so good for stadiums," right. and she's like you are the only DJ I've ever met that has to write that on their labels. <laughs> like, not good for stadiums. She was like, I've never written that on anything in my life. Because you, yeah, not played that as big venues. Yeah, she yeah. was like, that is only Fatboy Slim gets to write that. Nah, he's a sick <laughs> DJ. He's definitely a sick DJ. And like, as a live performer, like, yeah, doing those parties is yeah. crazy. But yeah. Flash has you to can't argue, I pick You Flash, can't argue with Flash. Yeah, and I just want to quote something that Seb said to me earlier. He said, the thing is, I actually can't think of anyone even close to my pick in terms of influence. Do you know what the worst bit was? I, was I, had this, I had this minute where I was thinking, I almost wrote, unless you pick some fucking guy like, but I couldn't remember where, what Grandmaster Flash's like name was. I was like, unless you picked one of those old guys who like invented DJing. And then yeah, I just couldn't, I was which just I really annoyed. It was a great yeah. shout. I have to say, one of the nicest things about doing this episode is that we didn't have to like worry about what some ancient Greek fella did 2,000 years ago. 
Oh God, like, yeah. You didn't have yeah. to be like, oh, who invented thinking? It's fine. <laughs> it's like we've only been doing it about hundred years. It's all good. Yeah, exactly. It's so fresh. Like you, I can say with confidence, this guy yeah. invented, you know, quick mix theory because he did. That's it. You know. Um, Whereas, like, so, you can be yeah. like, oh, Plato invented thinking, but he might not have even existed. Great. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, what, yeah. what do we do with that? I feel like you're Plato never quite sure existed. if you're making a statement that's actually right. Yeah, but I know what I was saying. You can never be sure if you're yeah. saying a statement that's actually correct. But yeah. with this, it was fucking solid. Yeah. Yeah. No, so happy lovely. days. I was buzzing for that episode. Nah, it's I a fucking, great win. I love hip hop. I love DJing and Flash. He's someone I've actually written about at college as well, like his influence and everything else, and the golden the golden generation, the golden age of hip-hop, and it's it's early years. So, yeah, big ups to Flash. Right, we should wrap this up. We really should wrap this up. Speaking of wrapping things up, Vinny, did you... <laughs> uh, hi, Mum. <laughs> I think we should wrap things up. I think that, that's... I yeah, think we should wrap. wrap things up. That's a wrap. That's a... Rap, right? Yeah, cool. Or should we reload and do the whole thing all over again? Reload. <laughs> cool. If you like that and you you want to support us, head over to our Instagram. That's at the underscore goats underscore pods. We've also got a mm-hmm. Patreon if you want to give us money, but you really don't have to. But giving us a five star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts really does go a long way. And yes, on that bombshell, I think. It's time to end the show. Love you, bye. Love you, bye. Love you, bye. Reload. Love Dude, you, I'm bye. I'm just going to edit in right now, like doing the whole thing all over again. Well, the entire episode is like six hour episode. Yeah. Just keep reloading. <laughs> <laughs>